Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Well, I sure hope that I do this interview justice by the energy that uh, was just exchanged in, off, off air here with uh, Kaiser Vurinen. Um, she is the CEO and founder of Positive Learning in Finland. And we've had a couple of conversations, and I just love her energy, and, and maybe hence the reason why Positive is in the name of the company. Um, I want to start with this. So, uh, Kaiser, again, I'm struggling with your name. I'm going to make sure I, I, I do it justice, at least in the effort that I put forth. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the moment in time when you decided that you had the background, you had the, maybe the stomach, as we might say in the U.S., to start your own company. And what was it about the, the Finnish landscape from an educational, educational perspective, a mental health perspective that told you this was the time and you were the person to be able to start positive learning? <laughs> well, uh, one big, uh, big question, right? Big question out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So basically, uh, I, I have been teacher for 15 years, and I was a teacher in the field of special needs teaching, right? So my students did struggle in the formal education. However, uh, they had great talents, and they were beautiful beautiful uh, students, but the school didn't understand how to treat them, how to teach them, and school was failing, not my students. And as a teacher, I felt that I needed to do something differently. And I started to apply positive education, meaning uh, focusing more at my students' strengths, focusing more on what is working, and giving them feedback and communicating about that. I think that uh, teaching is about relationships. It's about uh, passion about about your students. And I wanted to change the education from within. And I realized that this resonated greatly in my students and with their in their parents. And I noticed that there is something here that I'm building. I didn't at the time think that this is a product or this would be a product as such. But I felt that this, this uh, resonated with the values I had as a teacher. I wanted to, to start doing it uh, big time. Yeah. And I traveled across Finland. <laughs> I went everywhere. Uh, I was really um, uh, many times, like hundreds of times, being asked to become a trainer, a teacher trainer. And I started this business myself, training teachers about positive education, how to have, see the good moments in their classrooms, how to teach about cell. And you know what happened? Uh, I got this idea that in schools, <laughs> in schools, uh, teachers focus a lot at assessment. And they assess these cognitive skills, traditional academic skills. However, that narrowed a lot the way my students uh, were viewed. And I thought that could we do something differently in terms of assessment? And I got this innovative idea that how about these schools would teach, sell, and future skills and assess those. And I had this, uh, in Finland we had, um, you know, you could say this kind of like huge, um, uh, what's that, um, uh, innovation, Finnish uh, innovation house, Citra, had this uh, big uh, competition to all Finns 
And we participated in that uh, competition with my innovation called Positive CV, which was all about seeing the strengths in students and, and promoting their strengths and promoting other skills that the traditional assessment is promoting. And we won the competition. Uh, with that innovation, <laughs> the, the jury thought that this is great. This is something that is uh, totally new. We don't have anything like this in schools in Finland nor globally. And we got the first prize out of half a million euros. Take the money and build the service. And here we are. I started 2017 with that money, this positive learning company. And, and that's incredible. Currently. Yeah. How and many? So talk about how since since that day, um, how many schools or how many folks are you working with currently? Well, we've where I personally I've traveled across the globe, you would say I've trained teachers about positive education and positive learning uh, in over 20 countries. And currently we work with hundreds of teachers, even thousands of teachers in Finland, but also uh, globally in Europe, basically in Nordics, a lot in Europe, but also in Southeast Asia. And we focus at students' best qualities. We want to promote students' personal strengths. We want that when the students finish the, high, the basic education, they are aware of who they are, what they are capable of. And as a holistic perspective of, of the things that I did well at school, not only the numbers or the grades, rather I have perseverance, I have developed my courage, I know about compassion and so forth, and, and there is documentation and data out of these skills. So would you say that are you do you consider yourself a professional development company for teachers or is the product from a, a student perspective a little bit of both? How has it evolved over time? Yeah, first I started as um, this was a consulting company, consulting schools globally to transform their education towards uh, well-being oriented uh, school culture and positive education. However, since we've raised uh, investment money and since we've developed the tools a lot, we are product oriented company and our product is called See the Good. With See the Good product, we help teachers to focus at students' uh, strengths, and we help teachers to use See the Good program in order to teach social emotional skills and to assess development of the skills. But at the same time, we have app for students. Students can use in parallel See the Good app that visualizes their growth, positive qualities, and highlights their best moments throughout the school years. And ultimately, they get their strengths portfolios that can be used anywhere in life. What have you learned about yourself through this process? Did you, uh, I mean, sometimes there's a phrase here in the U.S., you know, blind ignorance. And so I'm guilty of that. But sometimes it can be very helpful, which means we just don't know what we don't know. And it helps us so that we don't, I guess, miss an opportunity to see how much we can stretch as individuals and professionals. So talk about just how you have changed over time. This is an uh, excellent question today because <laughs> today uh, it's one of I'm, those days. <laughs> yeah, so it was a roller coaster day, you know. As a startup, as a founder, as a CEO of the company, um, days are difficult and fun at the same time. Uh, personally, I've developed a lot of my resilience as ways to cope with stress and to difficult people and difficult situations. Uh, I have learned a lot how to rely on other people, how to ask for help, and how to uh, see that all people around you are willing to help and support you. And as our mission is, is big, 
is our vision is to transform education. Our, our mission resonates greatly with people around the globe. So people want to become part of our movement. And I've learned as a person that, uh, to be, to be honest, I need to have patience. I'm this person who moves fast forward and building digital tools is too slow for my temperament. So I have struggled uh, in uh, finding ways where I have patience to work with the customers, work with the developers, to work with the product over time. And I have learned that uh, it pays off. But it's not, this, this don't suit to my temperament and personality that wants to do things fast and move forward uh, quickly. So let's talk about being a female entrepreneur in Finland. So are you, are you at a, a table by yourself, a party of one, or do we have more diversity in entrepreneurship in Finland? Not enough, to be honest. On the other hand, uh, on edtech fields, to be honest, we do have uh, a few, actually, I know like, five to ten female founders. So perhaps this field is something that female founders have found that this is great opportunity to, to me to, to, to do it. But to be honest, on the startup field, I just went to Schloss a couple of weeks ago. 95% of the VCs, founders, startup people were men. So, so we are the minority, but we are growing. But you are growing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> growing in number, but growing also in in size. You know, as we are yeah. taking over more companies and leading the female founders' uh, uh, path towards the better future. <laughs> as as let's talk about the parallel between what you're offering the field and education and supporting educators and their growth and understanding of what they're seeing, and then how students sort of understand their own growth and development over time in these portfolios is to say, if we use I know you talk on you talk about in the offering micro moments. Talk about being an entrepreneur and where you developed those times when you feel like instinct kicks in and you know what the right decision is, as opposed to those points in time when you under, you recognized it's a new, this is a new platform for you, an opportunity, a new challenge, a new hurdle, and you need to, I guess, conduct outreach or solicit help to understand what might be the best path. Um, has that been a challenge? Has that been something that you've embraced? Do you enjoy that uh, sort of understanding that it might be dark around the corner, but you're willing to go around that corner with sufficient light to, you know, I guess dictate yeah. what maybe is a good path forward? Yeah, I like this analog. I'm this crazy, <laughs> I'm this crazy spontaneous person. I'm, I'm all in, in on that mission, and I really enjoy, like, going where I don't know where I'm going. I'm not afraid of that. So uh, I like to explore new things. And what we are building is something new to schools that are more focused at the traditional skills. So I have to be a little bit crazy to invent something like this and, and, and stick to my plans and, and, and have a big vision that I know that will ultimately break through, but takes time. So, yeah. What, what about the culture of Finland? I think if you're outside, obviously you're Finn, so, you know, it, there's that can't sing the forest through the trees um, saying, but, you know, outside of Finland, we, we look at your country as being a guiding light for many in education. Um, I don't know if that puts pressure, if that is something that is sort of hard to understand within the country. In essence, why is everybody looking towards us? We're not a, a very large country, right? Um, yeah. What is that like, just understanding that you are there and if someone takes a phone call from you, some part of that is potentially because you are 
a finished company and there's an allure to what you either know in the way in which you practice education. Yeah, that's a great question. By the way, I don't know if you follow Twitter, but Elon Musk did we tweet yesterday about our prime minister that she is cool. <laughs> and then the prime minister tweeted back that, yes, Finland is cool, happiest country, fourth time in a row. <laughs> so we are a small country, but we are well known of our education our, and our happiness, you know. So um, our education system is is fantastic. It's like um, uh, school is free for all. We have uh, these exceptional uh, short days and uh, a lot of breaks and school lunch are for free. And we have this um, Finnish system is great because all students have the same uh, opportunities in life, to be honest, uh, as schools are free. And we don't have private schools, so parents are not able to pick the best schools for their children. That are all, all children go to the same schools, which I love about our system. So that, that is something that I think is, is something great. On the other hand, at the moment, we know that there is um, the background of our students, what happens at home affects more and more and impacts more and more how they are learning at school. But Finland has been great in terms of that, that uh, the school is a place for all and everyone, every student has the same opportunity. And as uh, I have done my PhD now and it's ready, it's going to be published next spring. So I have studied this a bit more. So we know that uh, the success relies on teacher education that is of high quality, five years at the university. And we develop teachers' mindset so that they become researchers by themselves and think for themselves. And they are like having a lot of knowledge and skills, theory and everything. And when they go to schools, they are more or less ready to tackle difficulties and and to develop their own pedagogy and develop as first. They are willing to develop their personal uh, teaching skills a lot. So they have, we have all the time this like teachers need to all the time um, study more and develop their pedagogy throughout their um, years when they work. So I guess it's, it's part of that. And we are passionate about education, of course, but but still, uh, some people might say that Finland is not anymore leading because the PISA results have, have, have dropped down. But uh, who knows uh, what's the price of the great PISA results in other countries? You know, what's yes, the dark yeah. side of great PISA results? And my uh, PhD was uh, about students' happiness and well-being, and therefore I know a lot about this, like, shadow and the dark side of PISA results. So yeah. perhaps it's better that we don't have that much the great PISA results. We have perhaps we have better and happier students. Who knows? But yeah. Oh, it's a great point, right? So in essence, what are we focusing on? And just because we yeah. get a good PISA result, that doesn't mean that we are in the 21st century. Maybe we're just highlighting <laughs> practices and skills and competencies that are for uh, generations past, right? Is exactly. That fair? Exactly, and I agree, and I, I wouldn't rely on, on blindly on PISA results, and that yeah. there's a lot of debate in Finland about that, too, but let's not... <laughs> yeah, no, it's a fair conversation. Some, I mean, I yeah. think it, it speaks to your approach um, uh, to education and the passion that you do bring. Let's close with this. Let's talk about conversations that you've had with educators, whether they're in Finland or in other countries that have been a part of your offering. Talk about feedback. I I would imagine that if I'm an educator and I get pulled into your system, right, and I'm learning to understand my classroom and my students from a very different, much more maybe three-dimensional manner, that 
I'm going to learn so much more about myself and that I'll have this almost not that it's an awakening, but it makes you think retrospectively about the students that have already passed through your classrooms. Have you had those kinds of conversations with educators that I guess see their classrooms in a very different, more radiant light? Yeah, that's that's true. And exactly. Many teachers uh, have reflected on that. And um, I think it's it's important that we have this discussion on this with you today about like how teachers see uh, why, why am I going to the school? What's the purpose of education? And I want to bring these questions forward because I think that uh, every encounter matter. How we speak, how we uh, treat others. Uh, we don't actually need classroom rules if we focus at relationships and if we build these skills. And if teachers are there for the students, students are not there for the teacher. Teacher is for them. And, and it's, this is, this is my passion. It's like how to build these positive relationships and, and, and basically meet the psychological needs that the students have when they enter the school building. And basically that's all. And after that comes the so-called teaching. But first we have to have relationships in place so that every student feel that they are appreciated, they are valued, they are a member of the school community and their basic psychological needs are met. For example, being capable of doing things well every day. Yeah, no, it it is so true. Um, I, look, you you are. I'm sure you get this this feedback from people, but there's there is there's an energy about you um, that nothing's going to knock you down, right? You're going to continue to push and push and succeed while you're doing that. So I think it's very exciting to to see your growth um, as a professional, as an entrepreneur. We need more female entrepreneurs, especially in education, so that we can Thank represent <laughs> those that are in the classroom and that are running our schools across the world. So uh, we exactly. want to send you. You know, you know, it's, it's incredibly important. Um, let's make sure that people can find you, Kaisa, in positive learning. So where should they go on the web? <laughs> yeah. So basically, if they can type see the good dot app, see the good dot app. Okay. So see the good. See the good, Rod. You have see, to the see the good. good. <laughs> I'm going to see the good. <laughs> I'm going to see the good. And uh, hopefully we'll sync up at a conference around the world in, in the near future. We want to thank Kaiser Vernon. Uh, she's a CEO and founder of Positive Learning. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.